And we are back. Back to judging bouncing balls. I'm Jeremy. It's Toby joining. Uh, this is awesome. So we're back for our second episode. And uh, Toby, how you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Um, pretty excited to be back. It's kind of a long time in between weeks, like a full week. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, I uh, last, last, at the end of last week, I sent Toby a text. I'm like, just feels like we did our, I think I texted you this. It feels, it just feels like our podcast was like months ago. Right. It was only a week ago. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> like it's such a busy week and it's just, it just seemed like, I think that's a good thing. It felt like it was too long. So uh, we're going to be back tonight with, uh, with, a, with another one and we've got a topic all lined up. We've got some things we want to talk about. So, so Toby, what are we, we talking about tonight? Well, I got to break in here quick, and I got to be honest, like the feedback we've gotten for the first week has been fantastic. Um, I did take some criticism, I'll be honest. It's, uh, I didn't expect it. Uh, it came out of the blue. It was uh, Paula Damsky's daughter, uh, Annika, who, Pulaski freshman, is in the uh, journalism classes. And I guess my, uh, my, my shifting was off. My, I looked like I had gotten out of bed. She's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, really, kind of tore me down a little bit. You were great. I mean, she didn't say it worked oh, yeah. by you. But uh, so I've cleaned it up a little bit. I put a hat on. Um, wow. I got my, I'm putting my my chin out. Gets rid of the that. I read that in Vogue. Um, <laughs> if so, if so. it makes you feel better, she probably doesn't know who I am, so she probably just <laughs> tore. She probably, she's like this random guy. I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything. I wore her dad's company hat thing and we'd get some bonus points tonight. Smart, smart. <laughs> but no, back to, uh, you know, we talked uh, quite a bit about our list of topics. And the one that coming off even how we played yesterday and you look at some of these clubs, the promises that people are made to kids and families to switch clubs, to, to move almost cities, um, to travel hundreds of miles to join a team that is portrayed as elite uh, and to guarantee playing time and different things. And it seems to be the more we hear about it at the level we're at, it's, it's, it doesn't always end well. It, it very rarely does it end well. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this pursuit, I think from the parent side of trying to get the best situation for their kid and always looking for something that's a little bit bigger, you know, the, the greener pastures on the other side. And I think that's where, you mix the two together, the club trying to always improve or the team trying to always improve. And then the player or the, the player or the parent always looking for that little bit better situation. It, it leads to some pretty interesting situations. Well, right. And I mean, we drive, I want to say it's 29 minutes to Appleton um, from Swamico and you even make a bigger trek uh, over an hour, you know, daily. Um, but some of these kids now are traveling two hours, two and a half hours, you know, there plus back school nights. Um, so it kind of helps us out that we're not as nuts as, as, as some, but you know, I get it. You get to a level and you know, you, if you don't win, every parent looks at what are they doing? We don't what, 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 where are we spending our money, what we're doing. And there's always parents and, and things out there recruiting. Like there's supposed to be a recruiting phase of soccer that's, one or two weeks long in the summer, I don't know when it is, that you can actually yeah. openly recruit. Um, and then I go, what the hell's wrong with my kid? Nobody calls me. <laughs> yeah, and, and to be fair, I'll be very honest, we have not been recruited either. I, we, we ended up switching over to the Appleton Club just because we were looking for a little bit, level, little bit higher level of competition, and our club just didn't have the numbers to be able to do it. 
liked our club. There was things that were great about our club, but we just wanted to make that switch. And so we we went looking, right? And but I I, I haven't gotten to enjoy the uh, the recruitment process and all the <laughs> swag and gifts that come with it. But you know, it's it, it definitely does happen, and we've heard about it happening. Uh, especially when you get into bigger cities, you start to hear about clubs talking to each other and talking, or not to each other, but talking potentially to, to players and kind of building the dream team, for lack of a better term. Well, exactly, and it and it works. I mean, especially in Milwaukee, because that's the largest city that we play in. They seem to switch clubs yearly. My yeah. thing is, is I'm fine with somebody leaving a club or, or moving on for to better benefit their child or their family, whatever their dynamic is. I just always laugh that for some reason when people leave, they feel they need to burn the village down. Like, um, like you just can't say thanks and move on. You have to completely torch everything that you've had going, thinking I'm never going back. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then two years later, your tail is between your legs, and you're like, "Oh man, I got to walk over the smoldering mess because I'd I'd like to play locally again." Or like our team, you know, we have had a, a run of success success in the in the state where we're you know we've won state cup two out of three years. So for somebody to drive by our door to go south to come up here and get beat seems like a genius idea. Yeah. No, it, it is. It, it's and we've we've definitely had our share of that where people leave for whatever reason. I've only been with the team now. This is the second year, but even in that time period, there's been people who decided to leave to go do something else. Uh, and you're right, right? They end up going hour, hour and a half to the south or somewhere else to play with somebody because there's a perceived better opportunity or a perceived better fit with a coach or a perceived better whatever it might be. And I think that's the thing that is, um, you know, unfortunately, it's kind of dangerous. And in, in looking into this week, we thinking about promises and some of the things that are made, you start to look at why are, why is it such an intense search to get the best opportunity, right? And you've got parents that are thinking about potentially getting scholarships for their kids. They're potentially trying to get uh, maybe college paid for. They think they're going to go to the professionals, whatever sport it is that they're playing, whether it's baseball or, or soccer. And so there's this inherent drive to to always better the situation because they think that that could be the ticket or that could be the whatever puts them over the top and so there's this impatience right with with parents and with and i think un unfortunately with the players to make sure that they're getting the absolute best situation possible and that leads to some possibly pretty toxic situations unfortunately where you know, there's just so many competing in and toxic is probably not the right word but these competing interests and you can't make everybody happy when there's that many competing interests. Well, right. And you take, a, you know, 11 players on a soccer field, you know, there's nine on a baseball diamond. And, and so you, you promise 15 to 20 kids, they all show up looking for the opportunity. And then you're, you're benching kids that you've made promises to and yeah. you're stuck for a year. I mean, the, the pay to play, it's, it gets more expensive. It's not, you know, our club seems to be a little on the less side for, for what we pay, but there's clubs in the two, three, four thousand dollar range, and all you're doing is you're practicing. And, and, yeah. and you, you know, the one thing, if, and I don't know a ton about it, but hockey seems to have it right. Don't you play based on your area? Like you can't switch clubs. Oh, I, that I don't know about. I mean, it, because I, I just I, I've never run into it, but I know people in Stevens Point and in Wausau that travel all the way to Madison to play. 
So if, if what you're asking is do they you can't play outside your local club, I don't think that's the case. I think you can if you can get onto the club and you can make it, there's higher levels that you can advance to. That you can advance to. Because I always thought yeah. like local, like locally though, like remember Adam Banks of the uh, the Ducks? I mean, he, mm-hmm. he tried to play for the other team and then the Ducks called him back. I mean, but I was talking to a friend and I think they have <laughs> localized, like if you play local hockey, you can't, like you do play in your local squad. I know you can jump ship and travel cities and do different things like that, but I was always told you're kind of, I could be completely wrong. I mean, this could be a terrible segment. Yeah, that I, that I don't know about. I, I guess I'm ignorant to it. Maybe that's where one of our amazing listeners would be able to chime in on that. Because uh, the only one that I've ever played for hockey was in the community. But I do know of a few people that travel outside the community. But I know when it comes to school, obviously, you have to stay. Or not, or not obviously, but you, there's generally you have to kind of stay within unless you're going to open and enroll and literally drive them to another community. Yeah. Usually you end up staying in that in that in that school district. But yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure on that, honestly. Yeah. I know uh I know baseball. I mean I've had friends that have traveled, yes, Madison weekly, daily mm-hmm. for practice. And it and it seems like like we're always chasing I, I don't know what we're chasing. Are we chasing the scholarship or are we chasing the opportunity? You know, I, I don't know. At some point we I think society has to look at itself and say, you know, what are we trying to gain here? Yeah. You know, and that it's funny you say that too, because I've asked myself the same question, like it, cause for me, it's not about me. It's, it's, I, I try to keep it about our kids and what do they want to do? And do they want to be more casual about how they play? Do they want to be a little bit more competitive? And if they want to be a little bit more competitive and we feel like we're not getting that where we're at, we're willing to look at some other options, but I always try to step back and say, man, I I don't need my kid to be in the greatest league or the best team or whatever it is. And I always got to check myself and make sure, like, are you doing this for the right reasons for them, not necessarily for anything for me? And I, I, I try to do that. Uh, but, man, there's there's a, anytime there's a um, there's there's always that temptation. And so you got to fight of fight it of do I do I do I go for this other team or do I do this? Is it a, is there a better situation? Yeah, I don't. It's always there. I, I can because there's, there's always there's ideas of grandeur, right? And you you got to check yourself and be like, okay, who's who's this for? Is it for the player? Is it? It shouldn't be for me because it doesn't matter to me. I'm just there to be right. an observer. But yeah, it's I, I don't know. Do you do you feel that same pressure sometimes? Well, I do, and I think we're a our O8s are a, a classic example of what we're trying to do. I mean, we lost yesterday in Illinois. We drove round trip 500 miles for an hour and a half game and we played the national the 2008 2021 national champs the team out of galaxy out of illinois and they were good and they did not throttle us we we played with them but at the end of the day i felt our girls walked off the field with their heads high Mm -hmm. or if you go back to state cup that was the anger like the state championship meant a lot more than traveling all over the midwest right so you look at what we're trying to accomplish, and now you have to play in the league, and our league is good enough, or our team is good enough to play Midwest, if not more regional now. But the State Cup was more well, – everything was on the line compared to yesterday when we would have won the league. Right, right. So I think there's some pride in your hometown. I think there's some pride, and I think that's why, you know, I, I hope high school sports hang on compared to club sports because of that reason. Yeah, it's it, yeah. There's definitely more pride in it in being a little more local, and so 
I guess to kind of circle back to what we were talking about with some of the promises, I mean, one of the things that I wanted to kind of ex- just to dive into is I've never been personally approached by a coach or a club and, and promised anything for my daughter or for my son. Um, they, that, you know, that was fairly, um, fairly cut and dry. It's like you, you come in, you compete. If you, if you're good enough, you'll play. But have you ever had anything like that? You said you had not. I have not. I've had friends that have uh, their daughters were approached like at halftime uh, of a, a game. It, like, it was a Milwaukee team. The coaches walk around asking players whose parents were kids and, you know, talk, and then there's other uh, talk to many of parents who've been offered or talked to through ODP. You know, I think it a lot of times it comes from parents. I think you sit around in, in, in the lobby of a hotel and you have a couple beers and you, oh, man, if you played on our team, we'd be better. And then people take that beyond. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll be honest, never once. I mean, not, not, not a sweatshirt, not a hat, like not even a dinner. I mean, I'm willing to listen. I'm not saying we're moving, but I am willing to take the opportunity to uh, some swag. So what about this? Do you, the people that left our team, um, do you think that they were promised? Because I have my doubts about whether they were actually promised. And so what I'm getting at is I wonder if these promises are inferred or if they're, you know, if they, if the parent or the player reads into something a certain way, like, oh, I'm going to be able to get, you know, I tried out for this team and they, they gave me an offer. That means I'm going to get to start. Or, or do you think that there's actually some like, hey, if you join our team, you're going to be our number one nine or you're going to be our number one forward or a number one defender. Do you actually, do you actually think that there's promises happening? I do on some, I think that top talent is there but i think a lot of them you know for leaving our team i think it's fabricated in the heads right i mean like there's an issue on the team people don't want to work through issues anymore so they just abandon ship and then all of a sudden they're they they might make a team or two and in in their heads it's all about well i'm the new kid i'm the shiny toy when in fact the team really didn't need you i mean Teams switch every year anyways, three, four people per team. You know, there's always turnover. That doesn't always mean turnover, any, yeah. yeah. it doesn't mean anybody's coming on board. And that's, there's always special players in every sport, every age group. You know, you know the kid that played high school or played eighth grade quarterback. You knew he was that one day going to be the varsity kid. Mm-hmm. So those kids seem to have, you know, a leg up on that or, or could transfer at a drop of dime. But 98% of the rest of us, we can talk big and we can talk to parents, but at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything. So, it, yeah, and what I suspect, and I think what you're kind of alluding to, is that I think there's usually, a, it's not so much the promises maybe, as it's maybe the unhappiness of I'm not happy with the playing time or I'm not happy with, you know, this coach said this to me and I, I got offended or, you know, there, there could be a multitude of other reasons that cause somebody to look for another team. But I think a lot of it is they're looking for they want to be the star, right? Or they want to, they think their player's better, or the player thinks that they're better than what they they're being showcased or being utilized. And so then you get these mixed emotions about why they decide to leave or why they decide to to, to switch clubs. Yeah, I think you always feel that you're that you control a lot more than you control. So I think if 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 I would say that my daughter's leaving, well, why won't Jeremy and his daughter want to leave with me? So let's let's go, right? And then I go <laughs> running out the door, I light the match, and then I turn around and you're you're just fine where you are. 
Um, and, and I think that's where people then get embarrassed and, and they move down with their heads down. And then they, yeah. and the problem is that might've been a great fit again for the team you were on where if they came back, but that goes back to our, you know, our conversation. Why, why do people have to burn everything down? Why can't you yeah. just leave and say, we're going to try something else and maybe we'd love to come back one day. Right. Yeah, and I, I don't get that either. I don't understand what the reason is for trying to burn everything down. Because that is always, I mean, I was in the business world for a long time where I was a manager and I would see people leave on really good terms and they did all the right things and they thanked you on the way out and they said, hey, I appreciate the opportunity and they moved on. And sometimes they came back, right? Because if you're old enough and wise enough, you realize that this is a, a very circular world and sometimes things just move in ways that we we, like things change, right? And you maybe you change or the company changes or the team changes and it makes sense to come back. But I think some people get really hung up on, you know, like I had one person quit when I was a, a manager and they just stopped showing up. They wouldn't return any calls. They completely ghosted me. And after like five days, you're like, okay, you're terminated, but never heard from again. Yeah. Like if that, if that person tries to come back, that's never happening. And unfortunately, we see people, we've seen personally people leave and trash the coach, trash the team, trash the club, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, you're never coming back from that. It's it's never going to happen. Right. And especially if the team you go to or you start traveling and you can see patterns, right? I mean, you can, if it's one time, you're like, oh, maybe there's truly something wrong. But when you see club after club after club and then school, you, you go, I don't think that the problem is the teams anymore. I think the problem lies with the parents and the child. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, that's yeah same thing in business world. You can kind of see that pattern. If you're bouncing around a lot, um, that's not a good sign. <laughs> not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> Be, buyer beware. <laughs> right. When there's large gaps in the resume because they're not filling it out anymore. <laughs> like oh you've been at six jobs in five years that's sad yeah yeah we 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 not like to become number seven <laughs> yeah so i you know i think that's it's an interesting topic i and i'd be curious to hear if, if people end up having um you know things that they've been promised or, or done you know in the high school world i don't see that either i you know i what i've seen with coaches is they really want to stay away from promises because you know, it's just obviously in high school, you're not recruiting, but you, you definitely are trying to get kids to play in a certain sport. But I just I've never really seen the whole promises thing pan out. And so I always wonder if that's just like an like if people just read into things and that's how that happens, uh, because they they really want it to be true. They really or, you know, or this is how they want it to work, but it doesn't ever, it doesn't work out that way. Yeah, so. I think the the conversation is always parents. I think they talk. You know, we finally got into Macy being a freshman, so we haven't been too far down the road with her sports yet. But I think what happens is parents talk more than anything about, well, if you come to this, you know, if you come to this school, it's going to be great. Well, then the coach has no idea who you are. Like, right. And so at the end of the day, the, there is no promise. And I think that's where it'd be interesting to hear if anybody truly has been promised. You know, college is different if, you, if, if you're being recruited and you can be promised playing time and you can be promised scholarships. That's different. Um, but from what I've heard, you know, some bigger clubs, why people would leave our club is to go play ECNL as another league, I guess, because that's where the college coaches attend. I mean, but like any sport, if you're good enough, they're going to find you. So is it worth, yeah. you know, 
like we joked about our college showcase this week. It's going to be 19 degrees on Saturday night. We're going to be out there. There's no way there's a college coach worth a darn that's going to be out there watching our game. No way. Did you look through the list of the colleges? I didn't. No. A lot of them are in Wisconsin, actually. I was kind of surprised there's, you know, Lawrence is supposed to be there. And, like, it's just interesting that a lot of D3 schools uh, is what I saw on there. But I just – I was just curious today because we got that email about that we had to get everybody set up. And so I'm looking through, and I just wanted to see – I think there was one Division one college, and that was UW-Green Bay that I that I recognized. But otherwise, they're all, you know, D3 schools, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with D3 schools. But this – but I'm totally with you. I would be amazed if I saw anybody out there watching – in in 20 degree weather or 30 besides me and you with our clipboards (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh you know and and that's the thing that's going to be i'll be curious but i i would i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if they're watching u18s that would make sense if i'm a college coach i'm gonna go see u17s and 18s because i want to see who are those girls that are right on the cusp of moving on to college that i might be able to recruit 15 you know they may not love it still. I mean, who, who knows? Maybe they're still playing it in the, in, as a sophomore. They decide to quit. And how mm-hmm. many times do you see that? I mean, in in my you know working at the high school, a lot of girls quit after their freshman or not a lot of girls. A lot of players quit after their freshman year or they quit after their sophomore year because they liked it when they were youths. But it gets a little more intense as you get into high school. And they're like, eh, this isn't for me, and they move on. So if I'm a college coach, I'm not recruiting somebody that you still don't know. At right. That point. You know, in D three, are they are they they're really looking? Are they recruiting? Do you recruit at D three just because it's more? There's no money, um, right? It's really for the love of the game, and to my knowledge, you really go to camps to be seen. So, you know, I'm sure they're contacted, but you can't get contacted until after your sophomore year. I'm pretty sure. And that's so, the other thing. Yeah. I mean, you can email me. I mean, send me the hat and my kid's going. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> I'm a cheap date. Right? right. I don't even have to fit. I, I can care less. I just want something in the mail. It's like, you're going. Why am I going? They sent me a hat. <laughs> yes. Look at this. Do you know how much hat. I have invested in this? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, it's it's interesting. And I, I sent you an article this week, too, that was just talking about what parents are looking for in, in some of this and it's it's just interesting to hear some of the stories that you know we we're used to midtown or like midwestern small town wisconsin but i'm reading these stories about people that are doing these club sports and they're taking their kid an hour and a half away they have a 6 a.m practice they're leaving at 4 30 in the morning to drive an hour and a half over they're hiring drivers to take their kids an hour and a half away and i'm like what is going on in there? Like they said, the fees are like $4,000 a year. They're hiring drivers. The kids then have to come back for school at 730 in the, you know, or eight o'clock in the morning. And they put in like four hours before it's eight o'clock. It's so like, what is happening? <laughs> like well, plus, some of this stuff is crazy. These kids aren't seniors either. They're like 11. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not, they're not like older kids. They're very, very young. Uh, so it's just, you know, reading some of those stories, it's just, it's nuts. Um, and then you hear in that, in that article, or you read that article and it talks about how much money is generated by youth sports in the United States. Did, did you, did you uh, see that number? I didn't see the number. Do you want to take a guess at it? I'm kind of glad you didn't see it. Do you want to take a guess at what that number is annually for youth sports in the United States? It's got what? $200 million. I mean, you got to think. 
That's a big states. number. Yeah. That's a big number. So the NFL, just to put this in perspective, the NFL averages about $15 billion a year, right? That's a big number. That's a really youth sport. big number. That's a big number. They estimate youth sports is $19.2 billion in the United States. So think when that number took off, because when so, we were in, yeah. it was like eight bucks, right? Like, and then it must have <laughs> just went straight up. Yeah, I, I would love to see the, the statistics on that, too. But that's what they're estimating in the United States. It's about $19.2 billion. So more than the NFL in revenue when you start talking about all sports, all youth sports. And you start to think about, like, the amount of money that people put into it and the effort. and you know, you, you start to ask, like, what is the reason, right? I mean, some of it can be altruistic. I, I would like to think some of what we do is altruistic. You know, it's just giving them a good opportunity. We're not trying to you know, set the world on fire. But there's there's a lot of chasing, and that's what that article was about, is, like, how these parents are chasing scholarships, right? They're, their mindset is, I'm going to get a college scholarship. And so if they can feel like they get a promise or if they get a better opportunity, whether it's an unspoken promise or a real promise, they're going to chase that you know, money be damned. And, and that's the, uh, the interesting part about that because they were talking how some of these people pay three, $4,000 a year. You do that for eight, 10 years. You could have basically paid for college. All you, all you had to do is set the money aside. <laughs> and then they're well, saying, you know, some of these, like they were, they gave a field hockey example. The, the girl was playing field hockey. She got a college, college scholarship when she got to the, so they're like, it worked out for her, but she only got half of it. Right. They didn't pay for all of her schooling. So in the end, it was they were kind of lamenting like it kind of wasn't worth it. So it's just an interesting thought process. Like, man, there's a lot of money that goes into this. Are we chasing our tail a little bit? Well, I think you look at, you know, we come from soccer. I think we know my youngest did cheerleading for three years, seven, eight, nine year old, eight, nine, ten, maybe. And it was four times probably what we pay in soccer. I mean, she cheered all over the country, uh, seven-time national champion. I mean, they were giving away national championships like candy. She's got jackets, rings. I mean, it is like after your fourth time. After your fourth time, you're like, wow, national champs again! Like you can only celebrate so many national championships. And me and one of the dads that now the daughters both quit uh, we laugh all the time we're like seven-time national champ like who else is a seven-time national champ but trophies were nine feet tall and all you do is you pay for all of it like like just cut everything in half and give away a medal or maybe no jackets anymore maybe we stop jackets maybe throw some high fives at the kids a little pizza or something but it was it was insane and the in the moms cheer moms are fantastic dragging kids. I watched a mom drag a kid by her arm. Kid didn't take one step. They made it about 600 yards, dragging her kid to the bow tent so she could buy her daughter a $40 bow. The kid screamed. It was, I, I followed. I had to follow. Like I'm like, this is interesting. And then at the end of the day... Did you get a bow, though? Of course I did. <laughs> I mean, for $40? Are you kidding me? And then what you do is you sell them for five. It's a complete money maker. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, you know, that reminds me of the, not that we were going to talk about this, but the t-shirts at soccer tournaments or wherever you go, 
those are some money makers too, man. That's a that's a fledgling business. If you're looking to get into something, you can uh, get a little cart together. You put put some decals and stuff on a shirt, make some good money. Throw a number, charge extra <sighs> ten bucks. The only benefit is by our, our team's winning so much now. When we don't like, we didn't win state cup. There was no state cup sweatshirt this year. I was like, nope, mm-mm, saving my eighty bucks. That's right, baby. But then I went to the taco truck for four of us. It was 55. <laughs> well, you had to wash away those troubles somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even get to celebrate. I drove straight home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think uh, the promises thing, we probably, anything else you want to add on the promises side? No, I think the, the talk is always there, people leaving, but I think if you really. It'd be interesting to get some feedback if somebody's abandoned their post and was it worth it? Did it work out? You know, um, did you burn the city down or, were, you know, were, you know, just kind of get a, any feedback on, on what happened. Right? Cause me and you were both in the same boat. We switched not for any other reason, but just to, to play on a better competitive team. Uh, but it would be interesting if, if we could get somebody out there to talk about, um, <laughs> lighting the whole city on fire and then moving on. And and, and maybe it works. Maybe they're in a better spot and they enjoy it's, 400 miles up. a week. Yeah. Maybe the the light will be bright. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll be in trouble and be like, we're, 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 we're moving on. I doubt it. Yeah. And we can keep those anonymous too. So if you want to, you want to reach out to us, <laughs> <laughs> scouts honor. Right. But, uh, yeah, that, that would be a judging bouncing balls at gmail.com if you want to shoot that. That's going to be in the show notes uh, uh, when we post this. Um, but, yeah, the, the other thing we were maybe going to talk about, do you want to talk about different drills and stuff, maybe some fun stories about drills you had? So this is a way off topic, but, yeah, just different things that we did when we were in youth athletics at our age and how it's changed to now. Well, yeah, I mean, you go to practice now and it's it's – by the book, you know, there's a coach, there's, there's some dad, and it's really mild. You know, I was sitting down the other day trying to come up with some ideas for the show, and I was thinking back to my youth, and I went to a small Catholic school in downtown Green Bay, and we had 12 kids in my seventh grade class, so we joined forces with the eighth graders. They actually closed my school eighth grade year, but we had a basketball program, and uh, Rick Foytek was our coach. He was fantastic. I still like Rick today, but... We had 11 boys, and he couldn't get anybody to rebound. So we, we practiced in a church basement. It was a basketball court. And, and when you sat on the sideline, your feet sat on the court. So when they dribble past, you'd have to move your feet back. And he came in one day, and he had a pair, he had a pair of his mom's pink panties, and they were massive. And, and, and I'm not saying like good or bad, but he threw a ball on the rebound, he said, last player, last player to get a rebound, wears them. And you wanted to see boys that have never rebounded in life fight like death. It was the greatest drill on earth. I mean, I I was elbowed, and as long as you weren't last, you were okay. And my buddy Pete was last. Pete walked home, quit, you know, got home, told his dad everything. And nowadays – there would be a lawsuit, right? They would, they would shut, fire the principal. And what did Pete's dad do? Drove him right back to practice. It was fantastic. Pete wore him, wasn't happy. But we, were, we became a rebounding force. 
Um, the juggernaut. The juggernaut, right? And then, oh, God, we did free throws to win a pizza pit pizza. And they'd make like, you had to make like 12 in a row. Nobody could make 12 free throws in a row at that age. So, the, so then we all went for pizza. We had to pay for our pizza. <laughs> Go and by the way, your responsibility is this cost. Your son made 11, he sucks, so bring your money. Um, and then we talk about you know, football back in the day, we call them the nutcracker. Even when I coached, I coached seventh and eighth grade football for years, and we would take these kids, and we thought it was the greatest drill on earth literally lay on your back, helmet to helmet, blow a whistle, stand up, and then run as fast as you can at each other. And the second kid did it, his arm broke really bad, and I'm like, ooh. This is bad. So we sat them down with an ice pack, and we kept going. I mean, you can't be raising these kids without killing them. And I think nowadays, it's just it's like look at the pros; they don't even they don't even hit, they don't even tackle yeah. anymore. And I just think you know society is really. I'm not saying I've gotten soft because I, I think if, if if pink panty girl came back today at the high school, I think there'd probably be some red flags. Um, but you think. If you're not rebounding, I mean, come on. Oh man, I could I could think of so many. The parent phone calls would be amazing if you did that, <laughs> um, and not in a good way. No. But you know, it's it, you. What you remind me of, I can't. I'll be honest. I don't have any amazing stories like that because I I actually really you know funny story. I actually never really played any athletics when I was a kid. We, we played. My neighbor and I played. That was about it. Jason, he was my, my best friend. He was awesome. Um, and I remember playing with him, but I don't have any great stories like that. But I did hear a story about a famous person, actually. And this shows you how times have changed. And I might have, I can't remember if I told you this one, Toby, but it was a story about Ray Nitschke. Everybody knows Ray Nitschke, famous middle linebacker, Hall of Famer from the, the Packers. And this was back before concussions were really a thing. And they, they said that back then it was just getting your bell rung. And there was a story I heard where they there was there was a practice uh, Nitschke hit somebody and he got woozy, right? He was like, what the heck? And so the way that they solved the wooziness was they brought him over to the sideline and a guy would like pound on his helmet, like, bah, 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 bah. and then like, all right, you're good. Get back out there. <laughs> so can you imagine knowing what we know today? A dude just got a concussion and we're just beating on his head to try to get him back in the game, you know, toughen up. You know, Nobody thought anything stuff. about it. Nobody I might... was like, hey, this yeah. My sophomore year, we suited for varsity, and we weren't playing, but we played Final X Springs first round of the playoff game. And I remember one of the seniors got hit. He followed the line, he said, to get off the field, but he went to their bench. And they turned him around, and he followed, like, the 30-yard line all the way across the field. And he got to our bench, and he's like – he didn't know where he was. So I'm telling you, two smelling salts later – Defense is back on the field. There he is, <laughs> and you just wonder the damage that we did. I mean, I've had—I bet oh. you—I've had five major concussions in rugby. I mean, one of them, I was standing in my kitchen, and I remember I was cooking, and all of a sudden the stove went right, and the stove went left, and it three sixtyed, and I went down like a box of rocks, and I didn't know what to do, so I walked to the hospital. And they put me in a wheelchair. They put, gave me a CAT scan. They, you know, they told me I was concussed. They three weeks. I gave it three days, I bet. I mean, just Oof. dumb, dumb. But it was big game, Marquette, you know. Mm -hmm. 
which is stupid. I mean, nowadays they would have never let me even fall asleep. I was, I was in a house by my, nobody cared. I probably went out that night, had a couple beers, too many, and I, was, I survived. It made, made the problem all better. <laughs> right. That's how we solved issues. Right. Uh, and it's it's true, though. I, I When I was in college, uh, even though I didn't play a lot of U sports, I did play college football. And I remember there was a player that I will not name, but at the time he had said, you know, I, this was my first introduction to it. And I he got a, he, he basically got a hit really hard and he came off. He's like, man, I, I'm like, are you OK? He's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And I'm like, are you sure you're OK? He's like, no, he's good. I, if I get another like they told me if I get another concussion, I can't play anymore. Because at that point he'd had like. Eight or ten? I mean, he had a lot of concussions. It was a ridiculous amount. When he told me, I was like, "Ooh!" And and he's, he's like, "Yeah, I, I'm not going to." He's like, "I've had this before." He's like, "I know I have a concussion, but I'm not telling anybody." And I'm thinking, like, "Wow, what are you doing?" <laughs> like, that's probably not healthy. But I mean, he's a great guy. I still know him now. He's he's doing okay, good right now. I mean, but I still worry. Like, man, I don't know if that's going to be a good thing in ten, fifteen more years when he's. 50 to 60 years old. Well, you wonder who said uh, like 11 is the magic number, right? Like you have 10. <laughs> if you go one more, that's it. Just too many. Well, we played at State Cup the- our first year before you joined. And, you know, there was a girl we played against for uh, Elmbrook who was one of their, she was phenomenal. And she went up and I think, I don't know if she got her head to wrong or didn't, but she said she did get hit in the head. And I think she expected to come off and come back on. This is in the first half of our game, you know, our semifinal game. And I think she said head, and they literally pulled her off, took off her cleats, and she was done, whether she was fully concussed or not. And for us, it was like, wow, they just lost their best player. But I think she said head, but I don't know. It didn't look like it on film that she did hit her head. But, I mean, nowadays, it's anything with head. We always tell Macy, if you get hit in the head, grab your knee. Um, that way, you know, Keep that to a minimum. I mean, if you got a head injury, you got to tell them. Well, grab your knee first. <laughs> grab your knee. See how many fingers are there. Right. Never answer. Never answer unless yeah. you got representation. Plead the fifth. Right. I'd like to answer when my dad says I can't. Yeah. I, I, honestly, yeah. It's it, and it, it is more much more serious now, and it's. I think it's a good thing. I, I really do. I mean, obviously, it's you know, it's your brain, but but man, it is uh, definitely a heightened. There's definitely a heightened awareness around concussions now, and 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 what that means. But I still don't even know if we know everything that it means yet at this point. Uh, I think we have a pretty good idea, but man, it's <coughs> it's a it's a tough thing, and it's like you said. How do you know when it's too many? Maybe three is too many. Maybe maybe for one person, it's two or. Yeah, and that's that's the tough side is just knowing when it's too much. But yeah, that's those are some good drills. Uh, back to, I, <laughs> by the way, I did change the name of this episode to "Promises, Promises, and Pink Panties." So <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be. I think that's going to draw some people in. <laughs> well, that's the key. That's the key is the the, the, the attention <laughs> grab. Plus, I got to listen to the whole thing before we get to the drill. So that's even better. Beautiful. Any other drills you wanted to share before we land this plane? No, I think uh, that's it for today. It's been a, you know, I mean, we made it 40 minutes. This is getting easy. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't even seem like it. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't have anything else. You know, there's uh, I think there's a lot of things that we're going to, we're going to cover. You've got a great list of, of topics. Um, so some of the things that might be coming up here in the, uh, in the next 
you know, from the outhouse to the penthouse might be coming up or uh, maybe a multi-sport athlete. That's an area that I'd love to dive into. How do we balance multi-sports? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, gonna. That's the big one because that one really shed a light this year on my daughter trying to trying to facilitate two sports. And I know your your Amelia's going through it right now. Um, yeah. It, and it's it's uh, it's a tough one. The outhouse to the penthouse. It's, we talked about this transferring kids transferring like we just talked about promises, but kids that truly transfer from schools, whether it's college or even high school now, what yeah. are the rules? What are the ramifications? Uh, we talk ever you know we. About travel parents, there's a episode about travel parents in there. <laughs> um, that that's kind of a different animal altogether. You run into beauties on the road. Our our teams, got, you know, we have a great time, and I think that's what makes makes the sport fun for me. If I'm going to spend the money and the effort in the car, I might as well enjoy it myself. Um, and then parents and cheering. I think that's uh, we we represent that side of the the field. Our team. Our parents are fantastic. We cheer. We are not negative cheers, um, but we, man, we get the stink eye from a lot of teams. We do. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> it, 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 it almost makes it almost easier and, and better, you know. It does. It does. So, yeah, and those are going to be some of the things that we're going to cover um, in, the, in the upcoming episodes. Obviously, if there's other topics you'd like to uh, to talk about, Shoot us a shoot us an email, drop us a comment, and and then let us know what you're thinking. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be talking. We'll see what happens in Indy. We're going to be in Indy Friday through Sunday. You'll be there Saturday. Yep, yep. You know, we're, we're sitting around. We got a couple other dads. Maybe we'll maybe we'll throw a topic on the table and record it. You you want to see special? That'd be special. Especially <laughs> about eleven o'clock <laughs> at night. <laughs> yeah. All right. Perfect. So it, it, uh, don't forget we are now, uh, live on, or not live, but we are on Spotify. We're on anchor. We're on YouTube. We are on Apple and Google podcasts. Uh, so if you could go out, if you like what you heard, uh, give us a, a five-star review, um, let people put a little review on there let us know uh, the good and, and, and the, the better that we could be. And, uh, we would love to hear from you. So, um, Please reach out and uh, share it with your friends, share it on Facebook, share it on uh, social interwebs, and uh, help us uh, grow this thing if you like it. Yeah. Don't Anything else? Sub subscribe. Be subscribers oh, on, you. The, on the YouTube page, right? Obviously, you have to subscribe. So then you get the notifications when we post this amazing thing. <laughs> Turn your notifications on because it's going to ding. <laughs> ding. Run home and put your phones in and enjoy. All right. Awesome. Anything else, Toby? That's it. All right. Hey, man, you have a good night, and we'll see you next week. You too. You will not be at practice, correct? Five o'clock? Uh, oh, that is correct. Yeah, I don't think so, man, unfortunately. It's all right. We'll get them. All right, man. All we'll right. see you in Indy. All right. All right, bye.